You don't have a cell phone? Nah. Good girl. The government didn't have to put tracking devices on us. We bought them and put them on ourselves. I don't own a tracking device. No, no, no. The cell phones. See? Wow. Yeah, I know. I mean, you'll have one eventually. Everyone's going to have one. And then it'll be a matter of time. Before what? Before they put them in our brains. <laughs> I'm your host, Ralph Campiano, and I'm an editor at Burbs Entertainment. Today, I am joined by my Run It Back co-host, Jack Martin and Evan Northrup, and we are more than happy to welcome our first-time guest, Sarah Smith. What's going on, everybody? How are we doing? Hi. I'm <laughs> good. Aw, I'm so excited, because today we're going to be talking about Lady Bird, the quintessential coming-of-age dramedy written and directed by Greta Gerwig, starring Saoirse Ronan, Lucas Hedges, Timothy Chalamet, Beanie Feldstein, and Laurie Metcalf. Uh, it was actually released three years ago today if you live in Brazil. So I got the release date wrong. Um, it actually came out in 2017 in late November. But if you live in Brazil, it came out three years ago today, February 15th. Um, it's one of my five favorite movies of all time. It is perhaps the only like comparable piece of movie and TV that's for like in accordance with Fleabag for me as far as like the laugh cry scale is concerned. Um, it's also one of the most critically adored movies to ever come into screens or into our homes because it's on Netflix right now. So if you haven't seen it, please go watch it before you listen to this podcast. Uh, it received a 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes for its first six months that it was out. It is now down to 99%. Uh, usually I don't give a fuck about Rotten Tomatoes, but the fact that it's at 99% is pretty gripping. Um, its letterbox summary is a California high school student plans to escape from her family in small town by going to college in New York, much to the disapproval of a wildly loving deeply opinionated and strong-willed mother. Sarah, being that you are probably the closest in comparison to Saoirse's character, Lady Bird, of this, <laughs> why do you love this movie so much? Tell me right now why you need to be on this podcast specifically. Uh, this is, like, legitimately the first coming-of-age movie I ever watched, and I literally f- felt like I was watching my mom and I, like, converse. I-, I can't tell you how many of those fucking conversations I've had in my house, especially, like, when they would fight in the car. Um, and I was, like... Within, like, the first three minutes, as soon as that scene was over, I was like, yeah, this will be fine. <laughs> like, this will do. Evan, what about you? What makes Lady Bird stand out to Evan Northrop? I mean, I think it's just a great coming-of-age high school movie. And, like you said, it's so high on the laugh and cry meter. Like, I really kind of see this even more as a comedy than, you know, a dramedy or whatever. I think it's so funny... Um, and even despite the fact that it's set in 2003, this seems like one of our generation's only high school movies, like one that will define our our group uh, going in the future, which I think is really cool. And it's a great one to define us because it's such a great movie. Jack, what about you? Because I think like what Evan just said is totally true. Like it's, I, I don't know if it's a Gen Z or millennial movie, but it definitely relates with all of us. I think that's why we have such a strong connection to it. Why do you have such a strong connection with it? I cried twice today watching it. It's just one of those movies that you can just put on, and every single time, it's incredible. Um, I actually watched it right after we saw Booksmart, and so like I just felt really angsty that night, and it's kind of stuck with me ever since. Um, 
don't know. It just Sersha is so good in it. Um, it's so funny. Like Evan said, like this time watching, I think I laughed the most. I've watched, like most I've laughed while watching it ever. Like the drop, like the dramatic moments stick out. And Laurie Metcalf does such a good job, and like the relationship that's portrayed between her and Sersha Ronan is so good and it's so believable. And it's just every element from the top down is perfect. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, like you said, Ralph. I don't know if it's in my top five. Um, I don't think I included it when we did that podcast, but it's up there. I'd probably say it's top seven. See, the thing about Lady Bird that just was always going to resonate with me is, like, you guys touched on, like, that it's both a comedy and a drama. So, like, it doesn't really, like, have a genre to me. Like, it's just kind of, like, a great movie. I think other movies, like, Get Out kind of fall under that. Like, where it's, like, it's a psychological thriller, but, like, there's also really funny moments in it. We were just talking about Phantom Thread before this. I don't know what, like, that's not a romantic comedy by any means. If it is, it's a really dark one. But Lady Bird is, like, <laughs> it's just a movie about growing up. And not just a coming of age, because I feel like she's just as Im- immature when it ends as she is in the beginning. But she just, like, has a deeper appreciation for those who have raised her. And we're going to talk about the all-film first team in a little bit, but um, I just wanted to open this up really quick uh, for you guys, being that I'm the only person here, I believe, that attended Catholic school. Do you have any questions for me, <laughs> what it was like in Catholic school? Because that stuck out to me this time watching it around. I was like, I never really like remember that specifically, that she goes to a Christian school and they have mass and people are like eye-fucking each other across the pews. Do, do you guys have any questions for me as the resident uh, Catholic here? No, it's kind of funny. Growing up with my mom and her 11 siblings who are all Catholic school kids, the nuns in this movie seem way nicer than they were always portrayed to be to me. Like, she's kind of friends with that one nun. She's laughing about the just got married to Jesus thing. And that's, like, not the Catholic school that I've ever heard about. So, I mean, is that your experience? (laughs) Is it a mixed bag or is it all, you know... Like the scene in Blues Brothers where they call her a penguin and she's, like, slapping the (laughs) ruler on the table. (laughs) <laughs> nuns didn't teach us nuns were not our teachers we didn't even have nuns at our school we just oh, had like okay. one priest or we had two priests um everybody was like you like you would take one religion class and then the rest of your classes would be like just in the other school um you couldn't wear skirts they banned skirts pretty quick because we were a fairly over sexualized catholic school like there was a lot of people that were like like I don't know, you know, it's it's you're fucking high schoolers, okay, in like 2016. So, I mean, <laughs> it's it's a weird experience because like everybody that I know is from a public school, and I have no idea what that is like. But I imagine it's pretty similar to ours because I don't know, you know, it's high school. It is what it is. Um, okay. Oh, and boys and girls went to the same school. I don't know why they go to different schools. And I know that that exists, but like we went to school with girls and whatnot. Um, for our all film first team. I wanted to open this up to you guys because I don't really know who my guard is alongside of Lady Bird. I figured that would probably be her mother, but her, her name is Marion in this, Marion McPhee. Um, I think her dad might be the other guard. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? I think it's her mom. Just because without that relationship element in the movie, I don't think it works as well as a coming-of-age movie. And that's where some of the most powerful moments in the movie come from. Like, especially that end scene at the airport. Like, without the mom, Lady Bird's not Lady Bird. This movie doesn't work without Laurie Metcalf. Like, Greta said in an interview that she didn't really know who else she wanted. She just knew she really wanted Laurie Metcalf. 
and it's probably my favorite parent performance I've ever seen. She is so visceral. Like, everything she says, like, it just, like, strikes me in the heart. Like, Sarah, you said that you see a little bit of your mom in her. What is it about Metcalf's performance that's, like, fuck me, like, this is almost too real? It it stings you. Like, her, her words are, like, whips. Like, you just hear those things, and you're like, oh, shit, like, she's right. Like, <laughs> every fight that I have with my mom, I now I would say probably I lose less of them than I did as a child, but you just get, like, in high school, you get to the end of whatever you're saying, and they come back, and you're like, god damn it, like... She nailed that. <laughs> and, like, you could feel it. Who do you think is right more often, Evan? Lady Bird or her mom? Are you siding with the mom? Because I think Sarah and I are both siding with the mom. I I think it's too realistic to side with either of them. Because I think, like, with most parents and children, there's actually a lot of un- misunderstanding and just an inability to really get the other person. I think that's what's so great about this movie is that neither of them are right. I think sometimes the mom is too mean. I think sometimes Sersha doesn't appreciate her enough. I, you know, I think that's just such a real relationship. And that's what makes it incredible is I'm not going through this movie on someone's side. I just, you just watch it as a viewer and think like, fuck, this is, you can recognize this. You've had this conversation or heard this conversation or your friend has come to school and told you about this conversation. It just feels, it just feels really real. Jack, who'd you have for our forwards? So, all right, I should clarify really quick for the people who have listened to this podcast before. We do an all-film first team, so it's similar to the all-NBA first team at the end of the season. Uh, it's made up of two guards, two forwards, and a big. The two guards are the leaders of the movie. They kind of set the tone, raise the ceiling. The forwards are like your role players, essentially, but they have to really fulfill that role to an extent that they get recognized by us. And then the big is the guy who's just splashy. He gets the alley-oop dunks and the block shots and all that kind of stuff. So, Jack, with that being said, who are your forwards for this movie? Lady Bird. The dad's got to be in there. Um, he's definitely like a super supporting character. He has very limited screen time. But his addition and being, you know, the nice guy as her mom likes to call him and being that different fold as a parent and kind of giving Lady Bird like that calmer element and it's just kind of his like determination to just kind of like keep everything quiet and just kind of keep things moving. I think just kind of also plays into her story and how things are coming along, like with her family's life and how he's lost his job and now her, him and his son are going for the same jobs. Like, he's not on screen that much, but everything that's involving him plays a crucial role in the development of the story. Yeah, and we find out pretty late in the movie that, like, you know, he's dealing with depression and I believe it's an inheritable disease. So we can see, like, kind of like those, like, seeds in Lady Bird, but she's just so willing to just, and so determined to, like, disobey that but also like he's the sweetest fucking guy in this movie like i have um our section of quotes i here. love him. I so many of his quotes like when he just says to her how about we go get a big bag of doritos and eat them in the car i i just love that little stuff like uh marion can be the way that she is because of the way that larry is like she has to be the hard ass because like she says like he's the nice dad that plays solitaire when he's bored like there isn't in another option for her. She has to be the way she is. So I actually had them as both of my guards alongside Lady Bird, but I agree he could be a forward as well. Um, I had uh, Danny, Lucas Hedges' character, and Julie, Beanie Feldstein's character, as yep. my forwards, mm-hmm. just because... God, dude. Can... All right, let's take this moment right here to talk about how stupid this fucking cast is. Because it's fucking stupid. We're... I don't think we're going to see anything like this for a long, long time. This is, like, right up there with, like, the dazed and confused type of cast where you're getting people while they're really young 
but supremely talented and waiting to blossom. Like, they are just so ready to go. Um, we're going to talk about Timmy next, but Sarah, what is it about Julie's performance, or Feldstein's performance, who is Jonah Hill's little sister, as Julie's, that, like, makes you think, like, you know what, like, that could be my best fucking friend right there. Because I want her to be my best fucking friend. <laughs> I, I think Beanie is the number one supporting actress in, like, any of these, like, coming-of-age movies. Like, they are, she is, she always hits, like, <laughs> everything she does. And so I was looking over this list, I don't, wouldn't have known what the NBA uh, first team was. It wasn't written down for me, but I couldn't figure out, like, kind of where she would fit into it because I argue, like, when I think of this movie, I think of it being the two of them before I think mm. of it being her and her mom. Um, just because I feel like as much as it is as it is a movie about that sort of relationship you have with your parents, like, I see myself and a lot of my, like, best friends in high school going through, like, what they went through throughout this movie, you know, every other month. Like, you know, it just makes sense. I feel like when I think of, like, all right, so, like, I love Fleabag, and I always compare these two to one another because I feel like they share so many similarities, like, despite, like, them not having a real genre, but also, like, the center of these movies and this, that TV show is family, so I think of Fleabag as, like, a show about sisters, but it also has that underlying thing of, like, her mom's past and she has an awkward relationship with her dad. And then with this, like, the first thing that comes to mind is Lady Bird and her mother, but then underneath that, like, or above it in Sarah's case is her and Jules. Like, they are best friends, and they're essentially sisters. Like, they've grown up together. They know each other's traits better than anybody. It's a lot like uh, Feldstein's character in Booksmart, and I'm forgetting, I'm blanking on the actress's name, but their relationship, too. Like, they're more than just friends. They are literally sisters because they, they're, like, tied to each other all the time. Um, Evan, what about... <laughs> Evan, do you have any similarities to Lucas Hedges? I feel like he might be the Lucas Hedges of Burbs. I feel like <laughs> you pick out one character from each movie... Even if I don't line <laughs> up with somebody and forcibly compare me to them, or maybe no, I'm no, no, not Danny. Guy. I'm not saying you're like Danny. I'm saying you're just like Lucas Hedges. No, like, I, dude, like that's not an insult. That's a compliment. I will say this about Lucas Hedges: I hadn't seen Manchester by the Sea until oh. three weeks ago, and so to me, Lucas Hedges, the first time I watched Lady Bird, was kind of like a nobody. And then coming back and watching it this time, because this is my only second time watching, it was kind of a really different experience, and I appreciated him more because I had seen what he did in Manchester by the Sea, and I thought he was so good in that movie, and it made me feel like his performance in this one was even more noteworthy because he was different than that movie, and it was like, okay, this guy like has some range. He's not just the super nice guy um, that you cast as sort of like a best friend um, in, a, in a movie, so I, I was a big fan of him in this. If we're talking about, are we still talking about forwards, or are we moving on to the big position here? Real, real quick on Lucas Hodges, though, like, like you just said, like, I think he's probably one of the best young actors working. Like, what he did in Honey Boy is awesome, and his limited time in that. Me too. Um, I was going to say, he has a very, very, very quick snippet in the Grand Budapest Hotel, where he's just, like, on top of, like, one of the skiing mountains. It's, like, right during um, Ralph, or Ray Fence and... Um, Goddamn it, Willem Dafoe's like little chasing scene. He has a very quick, it's like a 15 second scene in it. And he just kills me in it. Like he's perfect. I love him so much. But yeah, let's move on to the big. Who do you guys nominate as our starting center? Timmy. <laughs> Timmy C. All right, Timothy Chalamet, he plays Kyle. Um, Jack, what's, what's your stance on Kyle? Is that like your kind of guy? Or is he, like, you know, somebody you might avoid? Because I feel like you and him, like, would have, like, rolled with the punches and smoked some dope together. They would have gotten along for sure. 
for sure, dude. I would love to hang out with him. I mean, you're gonna probably just kind of like feed into it. And just, like, keep getting him to go and just, like, seeing, like, how much further I could push him in, like, these crazy conspiracies and all of his thoughts. And, dude, his lines in this movie are so, <laughs> so funny, funny every time just because that's such a, it's such a real person. And I have a spinoff idea involving dude. him for later. But it's just, like, he's such a real person. And just, like, it's so funny now just, like, thinking of how that character would, like, perfectly blended with today <laughs> to, to me he's like a spitting image of my roommate's boyfriend and i told her that <laughs> yesterday and she literally pulled up her letterbox to me and showed me her review and it was that she hated the movie so much because she hated his character so much and i was like oh my god <laughs> like i could swear <laughs> i was gonna ask you guys is he the douchiest high schooler ever like all right obviously there's gonna be like our stereotypical jock douches but those guys are like too dumb to know any better Kyle's fairly smart guy. He, he knows he? what he is, I think. But he's just... I, I think he might be reaching into, like, the smart bag, like, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think there's, like, a well-developed intelligence there. But He's um, ahead of his time. <laughs> he's Malcolm and Marie, bro. <laughs> it's all surface, it's all surface level. level. That's just trying to be that smart. I agree with, though, so much with Timmy, <laughs> Timothy Charlemagne's character is one of the aspects that feels so not 2003. Like, I know that character, and he went to high school in 2016, not 2003. Like, he seems so, like, current. I don't know. I feel like he's really well-developed, though. Like, when she brought uh, the script to him to play Kyle, uh, Timmy said that he didn't think he was, like, hunky enough to be that character. He thought it should have been, like, a bigger guy. He thought he was, like, his statue wasn't big enough. But he plays it so perfectly. Our first introduction to him, when his just head's down, he's just strumming a bass, and he's just, like, you know, in a coffee shop, like, just slinging some music with his bro, setting a vibe. Like, that is, like, I don't know if that's happening as much in 2016, if, like, all those people are catering to him, but I know what you mean. Like, he's, like, they didn't have to put government tracking, de- the government didn't have to put <laughs> yeah. tracking devices on him. Yeah. Honestly, we bought him for ourselves. Um, okay. So funny. This is, this is a tough one. Um. It's the most valuable scene. So if you took a scene away from this movie, what turns it from a 65-1 season, 65-17, and 17, Sarah, to a 32-50 and 50 season? Now, my proposal is... I don't even know if it's necessarily a scene because there's no dialogue, but it's just... Oh, no, I um, have one. Oh, you do? Go, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's the first scene of the movie that ends with her uh, tucking and rolling out of the car on the freeway. Just every time. It sets the tone for the entire movie. And it is so funny. Like, you just, you then you go into the rest of the movie, like, already laughing, like, already knowing you're going to be in for a ride. Like, I think it is the perfect scene to, like, fully set the tone for everything in that. And then it immediately cuts to her cast, and it says, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, So, I, mine, I think, is actually in, in correspondence with you, Sarah. So, that's, like, the, the look inside of, like, just how deep the relationship goes and how, like, much, like, not hatred, but, like, just angst that each of them have. Mine was their favorite Sunday activity where they just go look at houses because that kind of shows the beauty of their relationship too, but also like the horrors of like, this is what we want but can't have. So I think that there's a huge part of their relationship that's like, you know, it is like very contentious. Like it's probably one of the more contentious parent-child ones I've ever seen on screen. It probably is the most. Um, But there's also just like this pure love for one another. Like they like the same things. And even if it's something as simple as just spending time with one another in other people's houses um what about you evan jack did either of you guys have a uh, most valuable scene 
Um, I had a couple. Uh, the one that you're talking about when they go and see houses, I think that hit me like most emotionally when watching this movie because it just kind of shows that they really do love each other and you know they're just enjoying their day together, which was great. Um, I love the scene in the car where she says she wants to go to the dance because if you want to say this is a coming of age movie, I think that is like one of her big character pivots where she's like, this mm. Timothy Charlemagne dude. I don't yeah I don't need this you know I'm I want to go to the dance I want to hang out with uh, my friend um, and I love that and then a last one which is not a most valuable scene but something I love for what it does for this movie is a pairing of two scenes and it's one the the father who runs the musical you know that scene where he says who can cry the quickest and he just starts bawling and it's kind of a comedic scene and everybody's kind of looking at each other like, what the fuck is going on? But then later in the movie, you had the flip where he's talking to uh, Lady Bird's mom. And it's one of the saddest scenes in the movie. And it's just, it really kind of like sums up the way this movie messes with you in a way. Because it's so funny and dramatic at the same time. Like the shit that the mom and Lady Bird can say to each other is really not funny. But it's also really funny at the same time. And that's kind of like flip of those scenes in the beginning and the end of the movie just do that to me it's like it makes you realize like oh shit like that crying scene it might be like comedic in the moment but it's actually really sad um it's just like really serious it's people's lives um so i love those two scenes i love that character too i love him too and it's it's the, like phoebe waller bridge talked about it when she was writing fleabag it's the tickle tickle slap method so you mm -hmm. you tickle somebody you make them laugh and then you slap them right across your face you're like what the fuck's up oh this is sad as shit the first time i saw that scene evan when they're doing their like they're practicing essentially they're warming up mm -hmm. and he cried i fucking cracked up i Me laughed too. so hard and now i'm like it's just an inner cringe i'm like oh my god i feel so bad for laughing that first time like i'm like i thought that guy was just a good actor yeah um what too. about you jack what's your most valuable scene for me, I think it's the airport scene. That scene is what hits me the most. When she's just, like, driving away and then circles around. And then the dad just being, like, the nicest guy in the world, being so comforting. Just be like, she'll be back. Like, he's got me crying, too. I, I, want, I want her to come back, too. Like, I miss her already. Like, that scene is just, I don't know why it hits me the hardest, but... And I think that it just, like, kind of... Was, like, a good kind of ending to the storyline of Lady Bird and her mom just having that like powerful moment where the, they keep fighting and her mom's so mad or not even talking to her but then driving away realizes how much she means to her and you can just see that Lady Bird's sad about it too but understands in a way what you kind of see when, once they show her in New York City but yeah the airport scene to me is always what stands out the most is those like hard hitting moments that really just drive home Especially the dramatic aspect of the movie. I think there's a Dave Matthews band song playing during that scene, which like, would usually take me out of it. <laughs> there always is, dude. But, like I'm in it, dude. Like I'm so with you. Like oh my god, when Metcalf just starts driving away, it's it's almost intolerable just how painful that is. Like just great facial acting. Like what a fucking performance, dude. Like a, such good facial oh acting. Oh my god. Um, okay, so I've made a, an executive decision. I think. Unless, like, we are really prompted to give a most overrated performance, we will. But um, in this instance, there's no overrated performances, I think. But my most underrated performance, every time I watch a movie and the beginning credits are rolling, I swear to God, every time it says the casting director is Allison Jones. I don't know who this woman is, so I went to her IMDb to see what she's casted. 
I got I got some bangers for you guys. You ready? The Office, Bridesmaids, Step Brothers, Superbad, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Mid Nineties, Arrested Development, The Good Place, and Veep. This motherfucker has yeah. slappers across the board. So next time you're watching Jeez. a movie and the beginning credits are rolling, I, I just see it all the time. I'm like, Allison Jones, who is this motherfucker? Like, I thought she was a costume designer, but no, she like she just has an eye for talent. Um, what about you guys? Any underrated performances that really stand out? Evan, I feel like yours is... um Slay Queen. What did you say? <laughs> I said Slay Queen. <laughs> Slay Queen. Slay. <laughs> um, do you guys have any other underrated performances, though? Because I feel like everybody's somewhat... The dad. Funny. Yeah, there you go. I agree. He doesn't get talked about enough. And just every time like I watch it, like he just becomes my favorite character. More and more. But everyone else, I feel like, is properly rated. Like... No. I feel like I've never heard anybody talk about Catherine Newton in this movie. I don't know if it's underrated, but her, like, two scenes are so funny. She has the weird braids... Um, and she's hanging out with Lady Bird's best friend after they, you know, have She was just in that up. new Vince Vaughn movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. She's, I think she's a really good actress, but she is so oh. funny in this movie. When they're eating the... the I was thinking that, too. And she walks up and she's <laughs> staring at him. Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't think she's underrated because nobody really rates her performance at all. But her two scenes are really funny. Or three. <laughs> You're not supposed to eat the wafers. That's what she says to them. They're talking about like jerking off with like shower heads, laying down upside down, eating yeah the communion wafers, and she's like she's a narc. Um, but yeah, then then she becomes Jules' like best friend later in the movie. Yeah. Um, okay, I have um, I have like seven pages of notes for this, uh, and like three of them are for top five quotes. So I'll try to reel it back a little bit but I'll just pick out the ones that really stick out to me before I do that do you guys have any ones that like stood out to you um I have one I like the one go ahead you go sorry um, the one where she's talking about moving to Newark and Jules goes what about terrorism and she goes don't be Republican <laughs> I was just losing my mind <laughs> that's my favorite gif I use that gif like all the time uh, what about you oh my Dad? god it's so funny What's it called at the parking lot? The deuce. What do they call the parking the lot? Deuce. The deuce. When Ladybird goes there for the first time and is trying to talk to Kyle and is telling him about how they vandalized the nun's car and he just goes, what you do is very baller, <laughs> very anarchist. <laughs> and just the way he delivers it is so perfect. Like, I was going to say that that's the best line delivery of the 21st century. What you do is very baller. <laughs> it's so matter of fact. Like it's not like a compliment at all. Very anarchist. He's just like he's objectively stating that what she does is baller. All right, I've got I've got a few here, and you guys just tell me when to stop. Okay. Uh, the mother says, "Do you think that Shelly and Miguel have sex on the pullout couch?" And the dad says, "Oh yeah." <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, this isn't a quote, but just like the, just the fact that Julie uh, calls her mom's boyfriend Uncle Matt. I love that. <laughs> That's just a little thing. It's so goofy. She's like, well, oh, I'm just trying it out. <laughs> that line is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying it out. <laughs> um, Ladybird's first words to Danny in the grocery store after she says, hey, uh, she says, come here often. <laughs> it's just the cheesiest little pickup line. Um, she gives Danny the curling like materials for him to curl his hair. like, um, And he says, they look like sperms. <laughs> mm, okay. You know you can touch my boobs, right? I know, it's just that I respect you too much for that. If you had boobs, I wouldn't touch them either. I respect you so much. 
This is like almost great like, line delivery on that one. <laughs> it might be a little bit too much in that instance. It's like when, when he just like goes in for the hug and is like half crying. He's like, I respect you so much. Like, <laughs> it's just so passionate. <laughs> and like the thing is, like I don't really want to see him make a move on her. I'm like already like I like like the uh, the lovely little like him picking her up and swinging her around and like the flowers and all that kind of stuff. I don't want him to like feel her up on screen. Like that doesn't seem like Danny. Um, and then she says to Jules right after that, she says, it's normal to not touch a penis. And then Jules has to go to class and she says, I hate being alone. And I just, I just love that. It's just like little like jabs like that, that are both funny and also like kind of dark. Um, this isn't much of a quote, but just when Jules and Lady Bird are like singing along to that super sad song, right after they find Danny, uh, kissing a guy in the bathroom. It's the Dave Matthews song. It's so funny. That's the Dave Matthews song. It's so funny. And that's one of my dad's favorite songs. I listen to it 30 times a day when I'm home for breaks. <laughs> it gets me every time. <laughs> okay, so um, Mrs. McPhee is get, uh, giving out, um, or Miss, Mrs. McPherson, sorry, is giving out um, the Christmas presents, and Shelly gets socks, and they're moisture-whisking socks. And she says, my feet always have moisture. Like, she has such a deep appreciation for Mrs. McPherson. I absolutely love that relationship. Um, everything the football coach says. I think that could have qualified for most underrated performance. I think he's properly rated. But holy shit, Jack, I will download the YouTube clip and send it over to you just so we can put a little bit of that in here. Because that is like one of the... I show this to my buddies in Dallas this summer. Like, you know, like macho guys usually don't like Mm -hmm. like really dramatic movies and all that kind of stuff. They fucking... Two of the three loved the movie. And one of the three, the one that didn't love the movie but kind of liked it, uh, he like literally started crying laughing during that scene. He just busted up. Um, I think it comes at such a perfect part, such a relief. Um, and then I have, all right, I have the Kyle section. So, Jack, um, I'm gonna read these to you, and if you could repeat like the really quick ones, just in like your best Kyle impression, because we know that you have a little bit of Kyle in your soul. Um, you just do that for me. All right, ready? Hold on. That's hella tight. Okay. That's hella tight. <laughs> What you do is very baller. What you do is very baller. You don't have a cell phone? Good girl. That's such a good one. You don't have a cell phone? Good girl. That was a good one. That was really good. Uh, The government didn't have to put tracking devices on us. We bought them and put them on ourselves. And then it'll be a matter of time before they put them in our brains. You don't have to repeat that one. Um, (laughs) You do have to repeat this one. You ready? I smoke hand-rolled cigarettes. Never industrially produced. It has fiberglass, those cloves. Rolling your own is best. I'm trying as hard as possible not to participate in our economy. I don't like money. Trying to get by on bartering alone. <laughs> Wait, where do you have that? I'll read it. I just need to find it. Um, I, fuck. I, 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 all right. Let me put it in the share doc really quick and I'll read, I'll read a couple more. Um, all right. I haven't lied in two years. This is right after she lost her virginity to him. That's me, my favorite one. That's such a terrible quote. <laughs> it's just I haven't lied in two years. <laughs> and then, like, right after that, he said, do you have any awareness of how many civilians we've killed since the invasion of Iraq? Just absolutely perfect. All right, Jack, I'm going to put this in the running back outline. Do you have it open right now? I am I had a copy made. I'm pulling up my Gmail. This is great podcasting right here. <laughs> but it's gonna be worth it, people. I fucking promise. Because Jack is, um, he's one of a kind. 
and he apparently is not one of a kind because he's just Kyle now. We've decided that Evan is Danny O'Neill, Jack is Kyle, Sarah is Ladybird, and I'll be I'll be uh I'll be Miguel. I'll be Ladybird's adopted brother. <laughs> okay, I found. I, okay, I have it. Alright, run it, run it. Run it back, run that back, Jack. I smoke hand-rolled cigarettes, never industrially produced. That's fiberglass. Rolling your own's best. I'm trying as hard as possible not to participate in our economy. I don't like money. I'm trying to get by and bartering alone. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. Thank you. <laughs> Alright, I've got... You want to be done with quotes? I have a few more. If you want me to be done, I can be done. I have one. Go ahead, Sarah, Am I allowed please? to give one? It's so funny. Of course. I don't, it might not be funny to other people, actually. I think it's kind of insensitive. But there's that one girl they're sitting outside after um, rehearsal for the play. And it's just like one of the other side student girl characters. And she was talking about uh, the one of the sons who had passed away. And she's like, he died at 17 of a drug overdose, which maybe was a suicide. But my mom says the same difference if you're that careless with your life. Oh, that's her. Gotta go. And then she, like, runs and gets in the car. And I just think the way that that just, like, encapsulates, like, the mentality of, like, some of these people from, like, these generations. And, like, she just hits it, like, so, like, nonchalantly. Just sent me. Like, it very dark, admittedly. But, oh, man. I love that line because it just shows, like, you're exactly right, like, just how much, like, her mom influences her opinion. Like, she cannot detach herself from her mom whatsoever, and it's delivered like that. I thought it was the girl from a Community. I think it's Allison Bree. She was also in A Promising Young Woman. I thought it was I her, too. Didn't you? Okay, yeah, it's not yeah. her. I was, I was, like, looking really hard. I couldn't find out who it was. Did either of you find out who it was? No, but it did no. look like her the first time I saw it, and I thought it was her, and it's not. Yeah. Okay, all right, I've got a few more, and then I'll stop. All right, do you want the hard-hitting ones, or do you want the funny ones? Because there are some really good hard-hitting lines in here. Make me cry. Okay. <laughs> I, I just love this one. I think this one is so beautiful. Um, it's when they're in their bathroom, and she, she says, um, her mother says, Money is not life's report card. Being successful doesn't mean anything else other than that you're successful. And Lady Bird refutes it, but I think Lady Bird understands the point. Um, yeah, well, you know your mom's tits? They're fake. She made one bad decision in 19. <laughs> Two bad decisions! <laughs> oh, oh, this one, this one actually, okay, I think this might be my favorite one. This is, she is so fucking funny in this movie. But, um, Kyle's putting on the condom, and she says, you're so dexterous. With that. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking lose it every time she says that. Um, I was on top. Who the fuck is on top their first time? Um, and then another just great one. This one's from The Nun. Uh, she says, don't you think that they're the same thing? Love and attention. I love that one. And then the hardest hitting one, I'll end it with a funny one, but the hardest hitting one for the whole movie for me is um, when Jules says to her, um, some people aren't built happy, you know? And then at the very end, uh, Jules is asking her about uh, sex. This is the end of like kind of their friendship, I guess. She's asking her about um, what the sex was like. And she said, I really like dry humping much more. And that one is, it's just a good cap on their relationship. Um, okay, the goat section. Alright, I, I cooked up for this one, too. Now, I think Evan Evan is going to have a, a different opinion than me and Sarah. Jack, I don't know where you're going to stand. Is this the best coming of age or high school movie? Other contenders include Dazed and Confused, Moonlight, which isn't necessarily a high school movie, but it's a coming of age movie nonetheless, Booksmart, Juno, Superbad, Eighth Grade, The Breakfast Club, Call Me By Your Name, Mid-90s, or Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh my god, I love that movie. I think an honorable mention, too, to Frances Howe, which is also Greta Gerwig, which oh, is yeah. 
gets me. Francis Ha's the fucking best. I was going to talk about that later. Um, but yeah, um, what about you, Evan? I know you're a huge Moonlight fan. Does that kind of take the cake for you there? Um, I don't, I've never really considered that a coming-of-age movie or a high school movie, which I don't know why, but to me it's just more of like a, a whole life story. Um, I feel like it goes like before and beyond. Um, but Dazed and Confused is probably a top-five favorite movie for me. I don't know what it is about that movie that just like speaks to me. It just blew me away the first time I watched it. One of the movies I've rewatched most. So that probably probably takes the cake above Lady Bird for me, but um, definitely of our generation, Lady Bird is the best, and probably objectively the best, too. Um, I just love Days and Confused. And A24 Connoisseur, what about you? Is it this or mid-90s for you? <laughs> um, in term, uh, definitely this in terms of coming of age. I think mid-90s definitely is a bit of a coming of age movie, but there's not really a structure to it a whole lot like where ladybird like they have all these little incidents they keep building up building up building up and then it resolves and you kind of see where it's heading worth mid 90s it's like such an abrupt ending like i still remember us all in the theaters when the credits started rolling like looking around at each other like what like, what the fuck and then going back and watching it now scene? It's just like, yeah, Thanos pops up at the end and gives Stevie a fucking <laughs> Infinity Stone skateboard. <laughs> Speaking like, of Lucas Hedges, uh, though, I mean, Lucas Hedges fucking, when we do the mid-90s one, which we will at some point, he's the center that, of that movie. But I'm sorry, Jack, That's true. Um, no, nah, but like, it's just like you rewatch mid-90s more, too, and it's like, you really realize how little of a story there is with like in the terms of like a typical story structure but I think I mean he's like super young too like he's only nine like or however old he is like Lady Bird's having like these true like coming of age going into the beginnings of adulthood experiences um throughout the entire movie so definitely yeah it's Lady like Bird. Evan Evan mentioned it earlier there's like a revelation in the car where she's like I don't want to go to this house party I want to go to prom with my friend it's stuff like that there's not as many revelations in mid 90s it's more just historic even though Jonah Hill did point to Lady Bird as a huge influence on mid 90s um okay any other goat section proposals I didn't have any other than that but I mean it's Neither up to you guys so we can move we can move on to the their best ever section I have, okay, let's start I have with one Saoirse. nomination and this is for goat section it's just a small thing oh go ahead my bad I think Saoirse Ronan's American accent is the greatest American accent I have ever heard anybody done. And that might seem like an exaggeration, but both times watching this movie, I was three quarters of the way through before I remembered that she's not American. It blows my mind. A lot of people... I don't think can, I knew that. It's insane. A lot of people, they can get like it's the diction down right, but then they do it like really flat. And some people, you know, they mess up every once in a while. It bleeds through. Hers is impeccable. She can be angry. She can be sad. She can be funny. And it never breaks. It blows my mind. I think it's just... It, I, it blows my mind. It's incredible. It's incredible. And when you hear her talk, she's not just like Irish. She's so fucking Irish. So Irish. Like it's insane. It is such a heavy accent. I did not. I didn't know that she sounded like that until I listened to an interview with her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Like, what? This isn't my ladybird. Like, Sersha is like oh. chugging Heineken or some shit. I don't, like, she's like definitely going to soccer games and getting rowdy as fuck. And then Could I to get away and like she probably. Like, <laughs> 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 stop! Stop! <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. Okay, so their best ever section. Is this Sersha's best movie, or is it I Love the Grand Budapest Hotel? 
I love her in that movie. That's my introduction to her. But this is mine for her. Is it her their best ever for the rest of you guys? Yeah. I put everyone for this section. Everyone? I think so. You're a capper. You're I, a ev- everyone like the whole cast? I don't know. I didn't really put much thought into it. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't even think of another. <laughs> um, okay, Greta's probably, right, unless you want to go in the Francis Ha direction or her, just her general collaborations with Bombac, but I think that this is probably her best because it's her you know, directorial debut. She gets the golden ticket in Hollywood to do anything that she wants after this. She's going to make a fucking Barbie movie with Margot Robbie, and I'm probably going to see the shit out of it. Noah Bombac's about- directing it, or he's co-writing it with her. Yeah, so I listened to actually a pod with him last night too, and um, they like pretty much influenced each other on everything. Like, I guess she had a big hand in the Meyerowitz stories, and then also in Marriage Story, and then he helped her with labor too, just because you know they're partners and whatnot. Um, Jack, you said it's everybody's. Is this Timothy Chalamet's best ever? Um, I've never seen Call Me by Your Name, and it's been on my watch list for a while. But now I feel weird watching it because Army Hammer's a cannibal. Um. I think that would make it more fun to watch. <laughs> I saw That's a good point. Um, <gasps> Timothy, I saw that one. Uh, there's that one movie where he's in like Cape Cod and he's a weed dealer for a summer and it's like really shitty. <laughs> Odd summer nights. That. Yeah, that movie sucks, dude. <laughs> that um, movie sucks. Okay, okay. <laughs> that movie sucks name, so bad. <laughs> you you watch you watch Call Me by Your Name tonight and you tell me that he's better as Kyle because he is. Maybe the most magnetic character I've ever met. Call me by your name. Both of them are. Army is unreal. And call me by your name. And then he's also that's so crazy really good. for him. Yeah, I mean the whole <laughs> you know social media thing, the DMs. I, I feel like that's kind of the route that Evan goes down. But um, mm-hmm. as far as there <laughs> it goes. Uh, as far as like Timmy's concerned, like he's really good in Little Women. Like he's he's so. He's also kind of douchey in that. There's a sprinkle of Kyle in him there because he's a huge player in that. But, I mean, I mean, I have to go with Call Me By Your Name. He, he just gets more screen time. He's the focal point of that movie. Um, Lucas Hedges, is, the, is it this or Manchester by the Sea, Evan? I go Manchester by the Sea. I think that's such a unique role. It's just a weird – I mean, I don't know. It's just I, I really like that movie. Um, I think he's better in that. This might be a tougher role, though, and he pulls it off just as well. So – but I'd, I'd say Manchester by the Sea. Okay, Sarah, what about Beanie? Is it this or Booksmart? Oh, man. I might have to... I might actually have to go with Booksmart. She kicks ass in that movie. She's the lead. She does. The amount of screen time. It's like this, but in every scene. Yeah, that was that, long, that's, guys. that's what I was think I was... Yeah. I think, like... I obviously like this movie more than Booksmart. I love Booksmart, but I think I like this movie more. But I think bar for bar, Booksmart's a funnier movie because it's like only like supposed to be purely funny. Like it's not supposed to like tug at our heartstrings until like we find out about their relationship kind of like dwindling a little bit. And it doesn't tug at our heartstrings as hard, obviously. But um, it is so fucking funny, and she's so good in it when she's talking. She to deserves her. one of these movies where she's the main character. Like she just delivers. She's awesome. Yeah, because they are kind of a duet in that. But I would love to see her just you know fucking go solo mode um okay jack <laughs> well now could leo have done it better and i want to adjust this category a little bit let's just let's just fit leo into movies because he always has a part like he can put a, put him in anything he could be um the football coach for all i fucking care like the jv coach or whatever um 
I said that he couldn't play Sersha, but I wouldn't hate a rendition featuring a young Leo as either Kyle or Danny. I wouldn't substitute him, but I like to see like the director's cut where like Lucas Hedges like just couldn't make a few dates and Leo stepped in and said nobody acted like anything happened. I know where I'd put Leo in this movie. I'd put him as a background character in the play. And so then it's just like a wide shot of everybody. It's just like Leonardo DiCaprio in like the back corner, just like dancing, singing, with no explanation. And he's in it for maybe four seconds. Evan, what about you? Is Leo... I mean, okay, let's just say this. Let's just say this. It's Boy Bird. <laughs> and Leonardo DiCaprio is Boy Bird, and he has kind of like the exact same personality. Boy Bird. Boy it's, it's not a better movie. It's, it's, not, it's not a better Gentleman movie, but Bird. how much worse is it? Dude, just off the day, it sounds so bad. <laughs> Birdman? Birdman? They just make they just remake Birdman? Uh, I don't know. I would love to see him as uh, Beanie Feldstein's uh, Uncle Matt. Just pulled up in that car with <laughs> her mom. She's like, hey, Instead Uncle David Wallace. That's not your uncle. I'm trying to get out. Okay, we're that. moving on to would you rathers and spinoff ideas. Um, would you rather date Danny or Kyle, Sarah? Kyle. I feel like you'd learn a lot of lessons in that relationship. Mm, okay, okay. Jack, what about you? I'd rather date? Mm. Yeah. Probably Kyle. You guys are psychopaths. Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't know how you guys. I can, every second of Kyle in this movie, I I hate him. I mean, it's still good film, but I can't stand that character. It actually makes me unsure whether I would even want to meet Timothy Charlemagne in life. Like, if you can pull off this role that well, nah. Anarchy, bro. You can just like cause havoc. I don't know. He gets it. I think he get. I think you guys are being too hard on him. He gets it. I'm thinking. I think I just don't like him because <laughs> he shits on uh, those commercial cigarettes. He hand rolls and uh, just, it bothers <laughs> yeah. me. But whatever. Sarah's just trying to make up for the fact that she said her roommate's boyfriend is exactly like Kyle. <laughs> She's so texting she, me about how mad she is right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. I'd rather date Danny because he's a sweetheart. He's not gonna break my heart. If he does, it's okay. I can, I can. She gets over it. Uh, she moves on to somebody that's worse, but she gets over it. Um, spinoff ideas. There already was a spinoff. It's Francis Ha. Ladybird becomes Francis. Agree or disagree? It's genius. Oh, I love it. I like that. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. She's from Sacramento. She likes plays. Like she doesn't like them enough to like like, sacrifice her popularity for it, but I think she comes to some realizations, becomes a little bit sweeter. I mean, Greta and Frances Ha is maybe the sweetest character I've ever seen. Like, you just want to cuddle her and love her and give her flowers. Like, she is just so innocent and pure. She's like a 28-year-old child, and she's just trying to figure out how to be a professional ballet dancer. I don't know if Lady Bird has quite those qualities, but I think she could develop those tendencies at least, and I like the idea of her hanging out with Adam Driver. I don't know. What say you, Evan? No, he's horrible. <laughs> With his hat in that movie, oh. <laughs> you don't like the hat? Benji's top it hat? just kills me. The fact that his name is Benji? All of it, everything about his character Benji. in that Benji. movie. 
All right, Jack, what was your uh, glorious spinoff idea that you had earlier? I have two. So the first one's actually Francis Ha related. It's called Francis Ha 2. And it's centered around the football coach, and he inherits his grandfather's failing theater company in Brooklyn and has to rebuild it from the bottom up. <laughs> I'd watch that's that. why I love you. Yeah, that's why I love you. So he comes up with those. I have a second one if you want to hear it. <laughs> please, please. That, I don't know if I'll top that first one. That was a good one. Kyle, it's modern day. He starts an alt-left podcast and makes a new version of Antifa. And it follows him as he tries to set up an autonomous zone in Sacramento. <laughs> it's a fight. It's a fight. Docu series. <laughs> you're perfect. Oh, you're perfect. I love you so much. Advice. <laughs> Evan, Evan, and Sarah, dare you even bother? I mean, do you have no, me? I dare not. No, I'll leave it at that. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening to Run It Back. Jack, Evan, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. This has been Lady Bird, one of our favorite movies ever. Um, thank you guys sincerely. I love this movie so much. I couldn't wait to talk about it. It was so fucking fun. Um, please tune in next week. Uh, we have... Da, 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 da. I'm pulling it up right now as I speak. Uh, Jack, say some closing words while I pull this up. Um, if you ever pay attention to my spinoff ideas and you're a Hollywood executive, I'm taking an intro to screenwriting class, so hit me up. I'll, I will pump out ideas. I'll get you 20 pilots in a week. <laughs> I, okay, next week. I'm the next Amy Pascal. <laughs> okay, um, next week we have David Fincher's Fight Club. Let's go. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. Movie. It is a fucking. It might be the Lord Pre Flacco Jody two, of, film like this one is a, that's a fucking slapper. If Lady Bird, what would Lady Bird be? It'd be kind of like a maybe Jungle by Drake. I don't know. I, I can't make any comparisons other than a Fleabag. Um, all right, thank you guys for listening so much. Stay tuned next week. We'll be doing Fight Club. Stay tuned to the Fall in the Fall this week. Jack and I are coming back. I had coronavirus, so I couldn't record because I my voice sounded like absolute dog shit. Not that it doesn't always, but um, we're gonna be back this week. So watch hoops. Watch Fight Club. Go watch Lady Bird again, goddammit. It's the best fucking movie. Um, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you so much.